the game is over and you want more. When the news breaks and you want more. When you wake up and you want more. It's highlights, it's breakdowns, it's analysis, it's opinion. It's curbside reaction. Your next day post-game podcast. And it starts now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome into Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. And what a game it was for the Blues last night. A 7-5 win over the Chicago Blackhawks, heading them into the three-day Christmas break on fire. They've won four of five games since Drew Bannister took over. And what an amazing, thrilling victory it was last night for the St. Louis Blues. Robert Thomas scored early. Connor Bedard tucked in a Michigan. Torupchenko late in the game would block a potential goal with his face. The Blues gave up a shorthanded goal to fall down 5-3 in the third. They would score five third-period goals to come from behind and beat the Chicago Blackhawks 7-5. We've got a lot of reaction. We've got highlights, and let's get straight to them for you. And the Blues come the other way. Thomas shoots. He scores! What a shot! Robert Thomas under the bar, and the Blues take a one nothing lead. Three minutes, four seconds into the period. Oh, trying to go in, and he picks it up and scores. Bedard picks the puck up behind the net and tucks it in with a Michigan. We're tied 1-1, 16-11 to go in the first period. Radish on the near side to the blue lights, and Ordy with a shot, they score! That puck might have been deflected in front off of Beauvillier. And the Hawks have quickly taken a 2-1 lead. Molino wide open to the near wing, and Radish goes down low. In front, shot on. Rebound score. That was fast. 20 seconds into the period. The Hawks make it 3-1 with a power play goal from Molino. Behind the net, play to the blue line. Perico score! Colton Perico slaps it from the right point. Sundquist with a screen in front. And the Blues got the next goal. It's 3-2. 6.31 to play in the second period. Two on one, Hawks the other way. Radish back door, tap in, score. Hawks back on top, 4-2, 4.06 to go, second period. And the Hawks clear, Polino's gonna bring it out, Braden Chen. It's the glove back gone and tries to get back down the ice. Polino drives it in the middle of the ice, tucks in a shorthanded goal. It's 5-2 Chicago. 14.44 to go in the third. And somehow Foligno just went coast to coast. Marunovic to the right side for Hayes. Hayes looking to the goal line for Saad. He scores! Power play goal! A nifty deflection by Brandon Saad. Brings the Blues back to within two. 12.07 to go in the third period. It's 5-3. Hayes works along the boards with it. Comes loose and Neighbors trying to feed the point. Gets it up to Perunovic. Now to Hayes on the near wing. Down 5-3, Kevin Hayes coming off the wall. Top of the circle, passes to the far side. Shot, score! Neighbors in front, deflects it in! The Blues have life! It's a one-goal game! 9-17 to play, period number three. 5-4 the score. Thomas in. Thomas to the goal, it's there! They've scored! We're tied! 5-5! Five, five. Kairou and the Blues break through! In two days, 
before Santa comes down the chimney. The Blues are giving their fans a gift. 8.54 to go, period number three. The Blues oh. shoot it in, they score! Justin Falk puts it right towards the goal. It sneaks underneath Soderblom. The Blues have a 6-5 lead. 2.07 to go in the third period of play. Wow. 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 Down into the corner off of Zaitsev, finding Polino. Kurashev going to the net, rather. It's broken away. Kairou with speed. Kairou to the empty net. Kairou walks it in, tucks it home. 7-5, the Blues lead. Empty net goal for Jordan Kairou. 101 to go in the third period, and you can stuff that piece of coal in your sock teams, Chicago. Brandon Saad's gonna get it out. Hazel backhanded in. 10 seconds left. Listen to this place. Just awesome. Man, do I love St. Louis Blues fans. Three seconds to go. And the she blows. You can bring out the Zamboni. St. Louis Blues come from behind. An unreal game two days before Christmas to beat the Hawks by a score of 7-5 to five and head into the Christmas break with a heck of a win. Well, immediately after the game and the Great Blues victory, Steve Ott joined us to put a bow on this one. Steve, congratulations on the win. I guess that's just how you drew it up today, huh? <laughs> yeah, we waited it out and... Uh... You know what, a lot of 18,000 people are leaving home pretty happy, and uh, so are we heading into this Christmas break. Steve, how cool is it to start to develop a characteristic of this team now starting to find ways to come from behind? It wasn't a characteristic to start the year, but you guys are starting to find that groove, aren't you? Well, yeah, we've had two in the last five games, and they've been extremely important, and uh, we, we stuck with this one. You know, uh, adjusted a little bit after the second, but also uh, it, it just prevailed. I mean, our, our top guys took over. Obviously, that second unit uh, scoring two big power play goals there. Uh, Benner kept us in it, and then we just took over. It is something about your goaltender, isn't it? Like, sometimes goals are going to go in, but he just seems to find a way to compete and keep a team going, doesn't he? No, he sure does. He's one of the most competitive players on our team, even though he's a goalie. And, uh, you know, the, the guys rose to the occasion. Um, you, see, you saw what happened there with Torpo taking a puck in the face, uh, tracking, you know, playing for each other and, and going in there and getting stitched out, and the boys responded with another big goal. Steve, I was going to ask you, that's my final question. You saw Jake Neighbors zipped up last game. You see Torpchenko put his face in front of a shot. There's a price to pay to win hockey games in this league, isn't there? There sure is, and it's, and it's learned. You know, it's not something that uh, you can just kind of ta not talk about. It's something that the sacrifice, the old hockey gods, they always pay off in the right direction for a team. And when guys are sacrificing each other like they do, uh, they turn into wins. Steve, congratulations. And I tell you, Merry Christmas. Thanks for taking us after every game for a couple minutes. We appreciate you a lot. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thank you and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all the fans out there. Robert Thomas had another multi-point game. He now has had multi-point games in four of his last five games. He's on pace for over 90 points this season. He has clearly emerged as the St. Louis Blues' number one centerman, and Robert Thomas joined us after the game. Robert, congratulations. Boy, your line was really humming all night long. It just took some time to break through. How much fun was that third period? Yeah, uh, what a blast. Uh, I mean, those are the games you 
you don't wish happened, but you know you have a blast doing it, especially in front of your home crowd. Um, you know it's, it was so loud in there tonight, and we really fed off the energy. And uh, you know what an exciting way to go into the Christmas break. Robert, you guys logged a, a ton of ice time. That whole top line did. Was it one of those games where as soon as you get off from a one-minute shift, you're just you're raring and ready to go to get right back out there as soon as you can? Yeah. Um, you know what? We were feeling it all game. We were making a ton of plays and uh, wished to score a couple more early, but. Uh, it was one of those games where you just wanted to play the entire game. Uh, you had unlimited energy, and you just kept going. Robert, uh, this is one of those games where the unlimited energy set is there, but you still had to battle through the times when the flow wasn't going. Give us an idea of what that emotion was like the moment that Jake Neighbors deflected that puck to put you guys within one to have your line mate tie it up just a total of 23 seconds later. Yeah, I mean, it really started with Sauter. Um, you know, his goal, once he scored that, we really felt like we were coming back, and then Cappy makes a great play, draws a penalty, and, um, you know, it's one of those power plays you just know you're going to score on, and uh, they did a great job, and, and we just fed off the energy, um, and that's really what it came down to. Well, as he heads into his first Christmas break as head coach in the NHL, let's find out how Drew Bannister tried to put a bow on that Christmas present last night. Our mindset was just, you know, try and cut the lead in half, cut the lead in half as we went into third, and... You know, it didn't go our way early, but we were playing good hockey um, and we were playing our game and eventually it started to, started to work with us and the guys stuck with it. You know, they, they stuck with it. You got to give that group in there a lot of credit. Like, like I said, the easiest thing to do is just, you know, finish out the game and, you know, pack up your bags and go home for Christmas for three days and rally and try and have a better effort the next night. But... They found a way. They dug in, um, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. We did some really good things offensively. Our power play came through for us, and when we needed a block or we needed somebody to sacrifice their body, guys were there to do it. I know we talked about when I was first coming in is you know making sure that we're feeling good about ourselves going into the break here. You know they've that group in there has, has been through a, a, a tough time here in the last you know week to 10 days with what's everything that's gone on and they found a way to dug in, dig in uh, and, and play some some really good hockey there's obviously still things that we have to correct and get better at but they willed their way to you know a four and one record over or five games so I think now it's it's for them they can they can go home they can enjoy their families they can kind of put press a little reset uh, take a deep breath and then get back here uh, on Wednesday morning and, and ready to work because, you know, January is a tough schedule, but I think we're going to find out a lot about ourselves. I think it's it's what we need. We need we need hard, and, you know, I think we're going to rise to the occasion. You know, there's probably the initial shock to everybody, you know, so now it's like, okay, we can take a deep breath and we can decompress and, you know, enjoy some time with their family, which everybody should, uh, you know, enjoy their Christmas. Uh, and then, you know, the three days and kind of reset themselves and back to work. I mean, we, we, we scored early, you know, and I thought we were playing okay. I didn't think, you know, we were carrying the game, but I thought when that happened, it kind of, we took a step back and, you know, from, from what we were doing. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if you can defend that. Like, it, it happened so quick and it was clean, you know, bitter, he didn't, he didn't have a chance. You know, I, I thought we could have been quicker to close when he was behind the net that might have stopped that from happening. But that's, that's a really highly skilled player by, by a good player. you, you got to give him credit. Well, that's Blues head coach Drew Bannister. There were some great coaching moves in that game. And along with the coaching moves, the play of Robert Thomas, 
and just the heart and comeback ability of this team, that's where we start the breakdown with Joe Vitale. It was exciting. I mean, this is why fans flock to the building here on a Saturday night on the eve of Christmas Eve, the final game before the Christmas holiday. I thought we were going to see some fans leave very disappointed. Blues down by three goals, a back-and-forth affair. Blues not getting bounces early on. You had a top line that was going great, not necessarily getting rewarded as much as they probably should have in the first half of the game, but a resilient group that stuck with it. You heard Steve I talk about it. Two games in the last five, they stormed back in. Not from one goal, multiple goals, right? First it was the Dallas Stars. Now, of course, Chicago Blackhawks finding a way to come from behind, give up that first goal, and still win a hockey game. This is something the Blues have not done very much of up until about five games ago under Drew Bannister. There's a resiliency characteristic that is starting to be infused in this group. It is so important because you're not going to start every game off with the first goal. You're not going to come out of the gates hot every single game. You've got to figure out different ways to win games, and now they become a bit multidimensional in the sense that they can be, get from behind, they can be down by multiple goals, and they're finding a way to get back, claw back in games. That was number one. The other takeaway for me, we're at the hop, power play. We've said it all year long. Your power play has to make differences. They have to get you momentum, and they have to find ways to help you win hockey games. This power play tonight, and it was mostly the second unit, two setups by Hayes, one to Saad, the other one Falk to Neighbors with the tip, the second unit in the third period, multiple power play goals to get this team back within reach, and then the Blues take over five on five. Uh, at the end of the day, it, it, it's so important. It's so crucial. And a lot of different areas are starting to emerge right now under Drew Bannister in this group. And, and you really got to tip your hat to the St. Louis Blues. An exciting game, and they stuck with it to the very end. If, this, if the Blues fans want to wonder how do you maybe assess things in a short window, the old phrase of small sample size is the Blues now have a record of 4-1 and one since the coaching change. There are certain decisions you can look for. The sitting of Pavel Butchnevich two games ago, now three games ago, the response that he had, Pavel coming out and saying, I deserve to be sat in that third period. You look at the way that the coaching has made little decisions here and there, the decision to put that Cairo thomas Butchnevich line back together. And even tonight, well, I'll go back to the Florida game real quick. Uh, the power play, final 30 seconds, up by two. You put Letty and Falk out defensively just to make sure you don't give up that shorthanded chance. Tonight, you come back and you go straight back to that second power play unit. Little coaching feel things yeah. that make a difference. That, I, I said it right after the goal. My, that was my major takeaway. After Neighbors gets that power play goal, which was the second power play of the period, remember that was a power play curves. We came out of a TV timeout. This wasn't a situation where they were resting the Thomas, Shen, Krug unit. Everyone was rested. We come back from the TV timeout. It's a fresh power play, and all of a sudden it's the Hayes group. It's Perunovic. It's Falk. It's those kind of guys on the ice. Uh, and that, that is a coach's decision with the feel of the game. And, and it's a great point, and I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of coaching decisions played into the win here. It wasn't just players on the ice. It, it, was, it was different things. Playing certain players in different situations. I mean, Torpchenko at the end of a shift right there. I mean, that, that, that's a big moment to have a big player like him out on the ice. We saw a fourth line play a lot in that third period. They got rewarded in the second. Sammy Blaze set up. Colton Pareko for a great goal, and we saw them grinding away in the offensive zone. The feel of a Kasperi Kapanen, did he get rewarded? Did he get a goal here tonight? No, but he drew that crucial penalty. His feet have been moving so well, and just because he's not on the stat sheet 
does not mean he has not been effective. And I think Drew Bannister recognizes the little things he's been doing in the game. He's in the offensive zone. He crisscrosses and applesauces the defender right there. He gets a stick under the blades, and then you go on the power play, and then that's where you take advantage. So many li little players individually stepping up in this game in such a big way that at the end of the day, it just really came together to a nice win. It really was a special one. Uh, look, we got to talk about Robert Thomas here for a moment. Robert Thomas picks up another couple of uh, points in this hockey game. Uh, he's had multiple point games now for four out of the last five games. And despite some of the ups and downs the team may have had this year, Robert Thomas has come into this season now with no Ryan O'Reilly, no Vladimir Tarasenko, simply assuming the number one face-off spot for power play, for penalty kill, for all key situations, taking the majority of the face-offs. He's come in anchoring the top line. He's facing the other team's top matchup every single game, and he is having essentially a coming-out party this season because he has been unfazed by any of it. And it started with him shooting first. At the beginning of the season, even in preseason, we saw him shoot more. He had multiple goals in the preseason, and it carried over to the regular season. So now he's a shot-first threat, and that has really opened up his game. He's surrounded by great wingers, and now he has evolved, like you said, Curbs, into a very multidimensional two-way centerman, a top-line guy that you circle on the score sheet, you circle on the scouting report as this is a guy we have to shut down. You know, it was an intriguing storyline we talked about in the pregame. It was almost Thomas versus Bedard. It's it's a mid-young, evolving player in Thomas still that's certainly entering his coming-out parties. And then you have a brand-new, fresh, baby-faced 18-year-old in Connor Bedard. We saw flashes of greatness from both players here tonight. That Michigan goal, there's only a few players in the league that can do that under pressure in a National Hockey League game. And for an 18-year-old to do it in Connor Bedard was spectacular. But Robert Thomas is head and shoulders above what Connor Bedard is right now, and it's just a fact. And it's nothing against knocking a Connor Bedard. In another five, six seasons, he may absolutely surpass where Robert Thomas is right now. But this is what growth looks like. This is what, you know, you have the special razzle-dazzle, I call it Instagram uh, flash of Connor Bedard. It'll be all over social media. But then you look at the nuts and bolts of the game. You look at how Robert Thomas grabbed it at the beginning, stuck with it to the end, Killed penalties, won faceoffs, uh, went the distance to set up Cairo for the for the for the course the tying goal there. I mean, little plays like that are just sticking out like a sore thumb when you look at Robert Thomas's full game, uh, the leadership qualities. He's logging a ton of ice time. Remember, in the first few seasons, he was still kind of battling with maybe gaining a little bit too much weight in the season. He looked slower as the season went on. That was a bit of an issue. Craig Bruby talked about. I think his body is certainly holding up great, and I think. Throughout the season so far, he's logging more and more and more minutes, and he seems unfazed by it. We talked to him after the game right there. He said, I get off. I just want to go right back out there. He's like a kid playing the sport of hockey again. And and that's what you want to see from your top-line guy, enjoying the sport, being the leader, and being a lightning rod. And without him right now, this Blues team certainly would not be the couple games or 500 that they are. All right, what do you have with the Bud Light three stars of the game in your work boots? I got Robert Thomas at number three. Jordan Kyrou, number two, and I got to go with Justin Falk, uh, number one. A, a, a bit of a fluke game winner right there, but I tell you what, this kid's deserved it. He's been shooting the puck a lot. He's got a lot of assists and a, a true leader back there. So Falk, number one. And then work boots, I don't think there's a question mark here with Torpchenko. Whenever you throw a, your face or body in front of a shot like he did late in the game, saving a goal and then ultimately getting the win, uh, that is a work boots with a capital WB there, Curbs. Joe, thank you. Let's check in with Tim Woodburn on the Blues comeback last night. 
We'll have to find a great name for this one with those five unanswered goals in the third. Tim Woodburn, a veteran broadcaster of 12 seasons of hockey play-by-play, covering major and minor league sports for over 30 years, and here's his takeaway of the game. Well, Chris, before I get into the big comeback by the Blues in the third period, I just want to say something about the Connor Bedard goal, okay? There's fluky goals, there's lucky goals, there's average goals, there's tipping goals, there's great play goals, there's odd man rush goals, there's excellent passing goals, and then there's another category that it's very hard to become a member of, and that's stupid goals. That was the most stupid, and I say that in a positive way, that was the most stupid goal I have probably ever seen against the St. Louis Blues. Behind the net, lifting it up on his forehand behind the net. He, If he's going to do that for the next 15 years, better take a Xanax or something to calm me down watching that guy. Five goals in 11 minutes and six seconds in the third period. It's not something we've seen a lot of this year. The Blues haven't come from behind. Why? Secondary scoring. Jake Neighbors, goal. Pareko, goal. Falk got involved. And the secondary scoring has to pick it up for this team to go anywhere. And hopefully they can accomplish that. And uh, nice showing tonight. Wow. Love comeback games. For Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodburn. Tim, thank you very much. And my one takeaway for you after that one as we head into the Christmas break, I'm going to hang a hat on the fans. 18,096, another sellout crowd. Been a bit of an up and down season for the Blues. They find themselves two games over 500 going into the Christmas break. But you know who's been there every step of the way this year, packing Enterprise Center? The fans. You know who didn't leave early last night? The fans. And despite being down early in the third period by three, they stayed in it. And this place was electric in that final 10 minutes of the third period as the Blues raged a comeback on the Blackhawks. They roared bacon, for a lack of better way of putting it. And the St. Louis fans ate it up. It's an amazing thing and quite a privilege to be able to come to work every night and call hockey games for the St. Louis Blues fans. The players on the ice feel it. Our front office feels it. Our marketing team, our ticket sellers, our finance team, everybody in the organization feels it. When you know that you get to come to work in a building like this every single night that's going to be packed because the fans have the heart and care about this team as much as they care about anything, Man, is that a privilege and a treat. So as we send you into the Christmas break here in the National Hockey League, I salute each and every one of you St. Louis Blues fans. What a great win it was over a rival with the Chicago Blackhawks. Let everybody know you love them. Don't miss an opportunity to tell somebody you care about them. And have a very safe three-day break. And we'll see you right back after the Christmas holiday here at Enterprise Center. A great win for the St. Louis Blues last night. Made even more thrilling because of the sellout crowd. Once again, all the fans filing in. So we thank each and every one of you Blues fans and are thankful for you this holiday season. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. I'm Chris Kerber. Have a great Christmas holiday, and we will see you at the rink.